so many times someone will start a business and whether it's technology or something else and hey i've got this great idea and we're going to start this business and and they've got a solution in search of a problem rather than finding a problem and someone very specific who has that problem and building the solution for that person for that problem are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships generate sales and level up your business from awesome ceos entrepreneurs and founders without listening to a long 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 interview if so you've come to the right place gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of this is the i am ceo podcast Hello, hello, hello. This is Gretch from the I Am CEO podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Jeff Mange. Jeff, excited to have you on the show. Hey, Gresh. Great to be here. Yes, absolutely. You're doing so many phenomenal things. So what I wanted to do was just read a little bit more about Jeff so you can hear about some of those awesome things. Jeff is an expert at turning ideas into enterprises. He has built five companies totaling over $200 million in combined revenue, and four have been acquired by strategic buyers. He is the founder and CEO of Healthcare SaaS Intelligent, Contacts headquartered in Plano, Texas. Fantastic about helping helping entrepreneurs build stellar companies. Jeff is founder and CEO of SaaS Growth Accelerator Champion Leadership Group, where he mentors business leaders to navigate complex changes and future-proof their business models to weather the inevitable storms of life and markets. He is an author of the book Small Fish Big Pond: Building a World-Class Business That Swims circles around competitors. And as I was talking with with Jeff earlier, it's always awesome to have other podcasters on the show. He also hosts the SaaS Fuel podcast. And also as an English major, I always love analogies. And it's awesome how you're able to incorporate fish into his book. And maybe if we're lucky today, he'll tell us why we shouldn't put cucumbers in our pico de gallo. So Jeff, excited to have you on the show. Are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Yes, I am. Let's get it started then. So I, I know you, I want to dive into the Pico de Gallo, but to kick everything off, tell me more about your story. We'll let you get started with all the awesome work you're doing. Sure. I've been an entrepreneur for a, a long time. And uh, like you said, you've know, built multiple companies and had really good success. Uh, at the, the same time, I've probably failed more than I've succeeded. Uh, not probably I have and still do on a regular basis. But uh, entrepreneurship is about failing forward and getting up and, and continuing to, to move, move on, continuing to push forward. And uh, so, you know, currently run fintech company, Intelligent Contacts, run the business side of healthcare, health hospitals, health systems, fix the billing process, which is, I think, one of the biggest challenges in healthcare. And then run a Champion Leadership Group, which is the growth accelerator, like you said, and help other entrepreneurs, specifically B2B SaaS founders, uh, scale and grow and not make all the dumb mistakes that I've made. And that's a, a pretty long list over the years. Yeah, absolutely. I was a big, huge Michael Jordan basketball fan. And he always talked about like how many shots that he made, but what you saw behind the scenes was how many shots he missed so that he made yes. the shots. And that was the reason. So it sounds like you're, you're speaking a lot to that. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's part of it is really working with people who have been there and been on the journey before, and they can really help you coach you and make sure that you don't make a lot of obvious mistakes. But every time I fail, it's not because I, I did something that just made absolutely no sense at all. It seemed like a really good idea at the time. And so you're trying to do things right, but sometimes those don't always work out. And some of those could have been prevented uh, with the right counsel. Others, you have market conditions that you know, haven't been seen before or something that's unique. And it, it's a lesson that you learn. But I think it's really important to have people around you that can help you process that and get through and, and move forward. 
so that you really do fail forward, not get stuck there or think that doesn't work. I need to go try something else. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. So I, I know you touched a little bit upon like how you serve your clients with your, your two organizations. Could you take us a little bit more on what that looks like, how you're making an impact with both of those? Sure. So we work with SaaS founders in, in two different buckets. One is on the journey from one to 10 million. Uh, a lot of companies can make it to one and, uh, and one in 40,000 companies makes it to 10, which is some pretty significant odds in doing that. And part of the reason for that is there are three strategic shifts that happen uh, in order to do that. And it's at three different points. So kind of there's one from one to three, there's another one somewhere between five and seven. And then uh, again, from seven to, to get to 10. And so it's really making sure that you're making those pivots and doing it because the things that you're doing to get from zero to one will not get you from one to three. The things that you do from one to three will not get you from three to five or seven. And so it's making some fundamental shifts along the way. So that's one of the reasons that we really focus there. And then we have a mastermind that is for those that are 10 million and beyond, so 10 to plus. And again, you're, you're dealing with some very different things. The challenges you have at 5 million are far different than what you had at 10 or 15 or 20. And just thinking about that and thinking about it in different ways and being able to process that. If you're running a $20 million company, you probably have a board. There are certainly things that you don't want to talk about with your board. You want to have you know, some, some external advice. You want to have some people around that you can bounce some ideas off of, say, hey, I'm thinking about this. Am I thinking right? What am I missing? so that you can go back and, and have you know, more intelligent conversations with your board. So I think that's really, really helpful for a lot of our, our leaders you know, in those ranges. Yeah, and I can imagine to me all aspects of entrepreneurship, but I can imagine like you start to use that, that number, only 40,000 make it to, to 10 million. I imagine that you start to probably feel and the only word that's coming up to me is isolated. You feel like you're the only one along that journey. We're in the most connected society maybe ever in history, but yet we're the most isolated. And I think you take entrepreneurs or CEOs and you put them into a separate category as well of, of extreme isolation because other people don't understand what it is. They don't understand. And, and I hear this all the time. I talk to my friends and they just don't get it. I talk to my family and they try and be supportive, but they don't get it because they aren't there. They haven't done it. But when you can get around other people that are in that same boat and that do get it, magic happens. And you find out that the problems you're experiencing, they're not unique. They're not just you. There are other people that are experiencing the same things, and we can overcome those together and move forward and make progress and solve them. And, and not every solution works. And so it's when you, you run up against those and you have a solution, you go try it and, and it doesn't work, then you can go back and, and we can try something else. We can iterate. We can work together. And we can see because the market changes really fast as well. So the strategies that worked 10 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, pre-pandemic, don't necessarily work the same today. And so I think mastery is not just you know, knowing how to do something or having done it once. And so whether that's one person or the real power is that group and having other people that have those experiences and see things differently. Because I may see a problem from here, but somebody else can take that and turn it around and they'll see it this way. And their perspective will have so much more value because now instead of having one way to do something, now we have 10 different options. And I think mastery is knowing which one or two or three of those is most likely to work right now in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. And so you, you kind of work with the SaaS founders and people that are continuing to grow. Is that largely because of the, your background, because of the expertise and you know experience that you have in the company that you have now, but also what you've been able to accomplish? 
Uh, it is. So two of them have been SaaS companies. They, they've all been in different industries and in really different types of companies as well. And so I think that's really unique that the one thing that ties them all together is there has been a technology component to all of them. So it's been, you know, consistently using technology to, to grow business. And, but they're not necessarily all tech companies. Technology is certainly something that I really enjoy, which is you know, maybe a little bit strange because my background is not technical. I'm not a developer. I'm not a technical person. I'm, I'm a marketing and sales guy. But I can take that and I can see how you use technology to provide those solutions and then how we take that and, and articulate it to the world where the, the message really resonates with the target audience and they go, oh, yeah, I want that. That's me. You're talking to me. I want that. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if this is part of what I like to call your secret sauce. It could be for yourself, the organization, or a combination of both. But the ability to maybe recognize that technology is everywhere in every single industry. I think your ability to recognize that is part of like your secret sauce for yourself and your companies as a whole. Without a doubt. And, and I think that it's continuing technology and business are merging you know, so much more closely together. I think for a while, maybe it flipped to the, the other side as you have technology that's driving business. Uh, but I, I think that that is really starting to change where business is driving technology. And we're figuring out how to, technology is not holding business hostage or not you know something that a business uses, but a combination in the business model that gives it a competitive advantage. So how can we use technology today, whether it is you know systems or processes or AI or whatever it is, to make our business run better? Yeah, absolutely. And I know that strategy is a lot of what you talk about in your books. So I wanted to hear a little bit more there. Could you tell us like the big idea and what you're talking about within those pages? Sure. So Small Fish Big Pond is really looking at entrepreneurship through the world of fish. And it's a kind of a combination of story and business experiences, business stories, things that I've, I've experienced, along with a passion for fish and scuba diving in the ocean. And so it's looking at it business through that lens, which is, is very different, which I, I like because it engages right brain, left brain. So if you're creative, if you're analytical, it, it's got both of those and switches back and forth. But it, it really brings lessons that are very practical and, and you can use in the moment. Yeah, that, that makes so much sense. Making sure you know who you're talking to and then making sure that your message is for that specific audience. I think those are two really important concepts. A, a lot of times, Businesses are very broad. And so I say, who do you serve? We serve small Everybody. business <laughs> yeah. and medium businesses and big businesses and enterprises <laughs> and solopreneurs. And it's like the entire world. It's impossible to market to that. It's impossible to message to that. But when you can break it down, and that's what well, there's a chapter in there, and the kind of the big idea is to get big, go small. Mm. And the smaller you get, the bigger you get, which is completely counterintuitive. They think I need a really big funnel on top. But the thing is, when your funnel is so big that good stuff doesn't go into it, and then mm. less is coming out the bottom, what's wrong? What you need to do is flip, take that funnel and flip it upside down so that the small end is on top and you're really, really focused on that market. And when you think you're small enough, go smaller. And then when you think you're scary small and it's just so, so tightly defined, go smaller. <laughs> and then you'll probably be about right, maybe even smaller than that. But the, the smaller you can get, the more finite that market becomes, it's easier to target and it's very easy to message. And I think so many times you know, someone will start a business and whether it's technology or something else and, hey, I've got this great idea and we're going to start this business 
and and they've got a solution in search of a problem rather than finding a problem and someone very specific who has that problem and building the solution for that person for that problem. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And, and so I wanted to switch gears a little bit. And I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. And this could be like an app, a book, or a habit that you have. But what's something that you feel like makes you more effective and efficient? Something that's been super helpful for me, I'll, I'll give you two of them. One okay. is uh, I work in, in Sprint. And so what I do is actually divide my time. I theme my days. And so I do specific things on specific days. And then I work in sprints. And the way that I do it is uh, it's a 50-minute sprint, and I am completely focused on one thing for 50 minutes. And then 10 minutes is get up, completely change my state, do something physical, do something different, just completely unrelated, instead of just trying to grind and work, work, work. And what I found is that when I do that, I can get you know two or three of those a day. I can get more done in, in those th- two or three sprints than I used to be able to do in a 10 or 14 hour day of switching things and just firefighting. And so I think that's a, a really, really important one is, is making sure that you're really focused and, and getting things done that are important. The second one dovetails onto that. And, and that is make sure that you're working on things that are strategic for the business. It is so easy to get stuck firefighting or doing things that are not strategic to the business because it it needs to be done or there's nobody to do it. Or if I don't do it, it's not going to be done or it's not going to be done. Letting that go is really, really important. And that's a difficult thing to do, but take those things that are not strategic that somebody else can do and get to the point where you're doing things that only you can do. And that's a, it's a hard place to be. And and I'm, I'm pretty much there in, in both organizations. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So what would you consider to be what I call more of a CEO nugget? And you might have already touched on this could be something from your book, but it could be a a word of advice, a piece of wisdom that you would give uh, to your younger business self if you were to hop into a time machine. Yeah, one of the the greatest pieces of uh, advice that I ever got from an executive been been doing this for for many, many years. And, And he just said, wherever you are, be there. And whether you're at work, be there. Be 100% completely focused on that when you're at home. Be there. Be 100% focused on that. Don't let those two worlds cross where you're bringing a bunch of work home and, and doing that and taking your family time. And then don't bring the, the, the family problems and, and things like that to work, but really be focused. Be present where you are and, and you'll be much happier. Relationships will be significantly better. But wherever you are, be there. Yeah, that's so powerful. So now I want to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. We're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So Jeff, what does being a CEO mean to you? (laughs) I think it is is removing obstacles. And so really having a view where you're actually seeing what's going on the the playing field and uh, working with uh, your players, your team, and, and understanding what the challenges they're facing and removing obstacles from their way. And so you're seeing what those are, you're having those conversations. And I think that's a big part of it is really leading by example and removing obstacles. So I think that's what a CEO is. Nice. I absolutely love that. Jeff, truly appreciate that definition. Of course, I appreciate your time even more. So what I wanted to do now is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional that you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best people can get a hold of you, find about all the awesome things you're working on, subscribe to your podcast, and of course, get copies of your book. Yes, yes. Yeah, definitely pick up a copy of the book. It is Small Fish, Big Pond, Building a World-Class Business that Swim Circles Around Competitors. 
You can learn more about me at championleadership.com. And follow me on social. I am at Jeff, middle initial K, Mains, Jeff K. Mains, or at Jeff K. Mains on all social platforms. So I'm the same everywhere. And so I'd love to connect with your listeners and appreciate you being here. Yeah, absolutely. Super excited to have you on. Of course, we're going to have the links and information in the show notes as well, too. So thank you so much for obviously doing that and so many awesome things you're doing. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thanks, Crash. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Check out the latest and greatest apps, books, and habits to level up your business at ceohacks.co. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.